Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Marvel Cinematic University. The show where we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and other stuff, because even though it feels like the MCU has something coming out every other day, it really doesn't, and there are a lot of weeks to fill up on the calendar. So, we're here to talk about something else, but I'm your host, Jay Christie, should have said that first, and Anthony Canton III, of course, is still on paternity leave. Um, he will be back soon. Uh, believe you that I I know he's just chomping at the bit. He texted me that he was so mad that he wasn't able to talk about Cocaine Bear because he finally saw that. Um, so we're excited to have him back uh, soon. But joining me today to talk about another movie is a friend of the show. She's been on before. You know her from all over the internet. Uh, Leah Marilla Thomas. Leah, how you doing? Hello, doing good. And as you can tell by the title, I don't know why I'm being coy about this because the title of the episode says. Uh, both the guest and the movie, but we're here to talk about it in a little new release called Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. And I just want to say, first off, when I saw this poster for this movie, when it was first announced, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be a disaster. Why are they making this? And you, Leah, were one of the first people I heard from that this is a Loki good movie. And so I want you to talk a little bit about your experience, what you thought going into it. Cause I'm not crazy that this felt like it was going to be like, a, Oh, they made a dodge. Why? Oh, sure. And also like this type of movie, um, a dun- like I, there is an older Dungeons and Dragons movie that I have not seen. So I, ca- I really can't speak to it. I haven't seen it either. I, I knew I Me was only either. aware of it as a thing that came up on IMDb when I looked up this movie. Um, but like, what is the, looking it up, there's like, oh yeah, like, they made a World of Warcraft movie. They did. They, all of this type of stuff doesn't tend to pan out well, but yes. I'm a big Chris Pine fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a big Hugh Grant fan, mm-hmm. and a big Michelle Rodriguez fan. Mm-hmm. So I was intrigued, and then mm-hmm. I saw the trailer, and I said, oh, maybe. Yeah. Could be fun, could be good. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of the 2018 film Game Night, um, which I feel like yeah. has gotten a big reputation of late. And I'm, I did see it in theaters, not not to brag, but, like, I was there early. And yeah, so too. everyone is like, oh, the Frito-Lay joke. I was there in 2018, thank you very much. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I saw that John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein were directing this movie, and... Even though I do a show about the MCU, I'm like, Jesus Christ, can someone make any movie and then not have to do franchise bullshit? And the thing that made me so happy about this movie, and we'll talk about it, is that, like, unlike so many other times where a filmmaker who made a smaller film or a a genre film, when they do a big uh, blockbuster, it feels anonymous. This movie, I feel like, pretty completely feels like it's from the people who made the movie Game Night. And that is wonderful. Um, but yeah, talk, I know you went to an earl, an even earlier screening than me, so can you talk a little bit about what your expectations were and what that experience was like? Well, and I mean, and you have not mentioned, and I did not, I often forget this too, they also are responsible for Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, right, um, yes. That movie has like more like, writers than the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, yes. very, exactly, exactly. But they are two of them. Yeah. And I think they directed it too. With what? Did they direct Homecoming? No, John Watts directed all three Spider-Man movies. Oh, right. Movies. Duh, of course. Their, their first directing movie. They also wrote The Horrible Bosses, which is both good they and did. bad. There's good stuff in that still, but then there's also 2011 comedy in it. So, you know. And they also have story credit on The Flash, which I assume is also going to have like 20 writers. Yes. Um, but anyway, yes. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so I went to, I, I mean, my screening, I was kind of hoping to see it again. I, I will be going, it's out this weekend, so I will be yeah. going again to see it. Um, because the screening was at the Paramount office building. It was like mm. a really tiny screening room, uh. uh, which they sometimes send you to for press stuff. So there wasn't a lot of people there, mm. uh, to give you a, a temperature check of the crowd, the people sort of behind me were asking um each other if they had seen that movie that won a lot of grammys which you may think oh is that a reference to the film ambia la ants mm-hmm. no they meant that sincerely mm-hmm. they were talking about everything everywhere all at once and didn't know what the oscars were or much about the film i will say so it wasn't yeah. a great crowd but it was a great film given, I had a nice time. given that 
we have in, been denied access to a press screening, I, I do kind of resent the fact that there are people who got in who talk like that. <laughs> that kind of makes me yeah, a little bit right? Um, yes. I mean, honestly, the, we're not going they to. Might but, have been, we can we can tell ourselves that they were like executives. You for know? sure. Like, that yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, that's I, another issue. The, so, I mean, the thing too is that like at some point, I think we need to change our name because. I do. If it's a Marvel film, I feel fine reaching out, but like I don't want to reach out to fucking DC and say, "Hey, can we have Marvel Cinematic yeah. University?" Anyway, that is uh, a different. We're issue. definitely not going to say anything bad. I mean, hey, this this show hosted one of the few pro Shazam Fury of the Gods discussions in the internet. Yeah. So uh, DC just let just letting you know. But anyway, um, the way I saw it actually, I think was almost an ideal way to see it. In that, I was recording a a patreon pod on sunday afternoon and early afternoon and i'm like well i don't want to stay home all day and do nothing which was be my normal plan and so i checked uh my local theater to see if there's anything playing uh, other than john wick which i of course already saw on friday i'm not a heathen um and i saw that there was a special sneak peek screening at like two just in one of the theaters and so i'm like and it was like a couple seats left and i'm like okay this is the ideal environment because these are people who actually want to see this movie who are excited for it um, it was a regular size screen. It wasn't like anything. It wasn't, you know, like the RPX screen that they have at Regal. Um, but uh. it was a lot of laughs, a lot of people. I, I can just tell the vibe. I feel like the vibe was a lot of people like me who had heard one or two things about it, wanted to see for themselves. Cause, cause I feel like this is a classic case. I honestly feel like with the release strategy, it feels like they know that most people have the thought that you and I had that like this movie feels like it might not be good, you know? Mm -hmm. It might be a lot of talented people we love getting paid, Mm -hmm. happy for them Mm -hmm. in like an okay movie. But I, I could sort of get from the trailer what they were doing with Chris Pine's Mm -hmm. character. Yeah. And I thought it was really smart. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I'm not a, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I have a decent enough understanding from like community and my friends and stuff that I could tell that they were creating with him sort of a fictional DM type. Mm, Yes. And I thought that is a good in and that's very clever. And I was right. I think that's how he functions. Because the movie, as someone who has never really played Dungeons and Dragons, ironically, while I am the one in the family that hosts a Marvel podcast, my two much less nerdy brothers actually are at their weekly D&D Zoom right now, which is always fun. Right. Because they have a friend who is a dungeon master, now they all get drunk and play D&D once a week, which is fun. But anyway, um, not knowing anything about Dungeons and Dragons, with that aside, the thing I think that, just knowing that that's what it's based on, what really helped with it, is that, and this is not like a this movie is supposed to be have story issues thing. The thing that felt real about it is that it did not, it didn't need to follow the same linear, linear things that a quest movie tends to, that it was okay if things needed to change because it is like they're trying to solve, do a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, And it still ends up coming together like a traditional movie, but like it's, you kind of get what they're going for when they're like, Oh, we need to change plans. We need to do this, that, or the other. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, this is, I'm going to do a quick spoiler warning uh, because we're going to release this after the movie comes out because I don't really know how to talk about a movie without doing spoilers. This is a discussion show, not a review show. Uh, go ask A.O. Scott. Wait, no, he's, um, ask whoever took his job. Um, anyway, uh, I thought that the way that this ended up playing out was really fun and it still had the emotional payoff. It was, I wasn't weeping in the theater, but it didn't feel like the joke sold out the emotional payoff, which is a thing that I think you could criticize a lot of big budget studio filmmaking for doing today. Yes. And I, I, I saw a couple of people saying that it was wall to wall. So that happened type jokes. And I disagree. I think sometimes people are just seeing what they want to see yeah. when it comes to that kind of thing. Cause it didn't strike me that way at all. Like maybe a couple, but yeah i also feel like the problem i think with the so what that happened jokes which frankly i have a much higher tolerance than a lot of people do i once again do a show yes, about the marvel movies obviously. like yeah, actually, we're, actually, we're, we're, we're both here and we're still watching marvel just, movies so clearly we don't mind it doesn't it just honestly does just not bother me that much but i think a thing about it which works with this is that most of those jokes are from chris pine's character who is that mm-hmm. guy like i think the problem yes. the problem that happens with the marvel movies is that like 
if Tony Stark is the only person saying so that happened, it's like, yes, because he's the guy who says so that happened. When everyone starts saying so that happened, it's an yeah. issue. Like, there's not a lot of Michelle Rodriguez's character, Holga, saying so that happened. She's not no. certified. Right, Jean Page? He wouldn't even know how to make such a joke. No. I and I was surprised how late he came in because Roger Jean Page. Yeah, me he's too. A, he's a rising star. Frankly, I've never watched Bridgerton, so the really only thing I've seen him in is be really bad in The Gray Man, and that might have just been a bad performance. So I was expecting, you know, a lot from him. And I think that I'm really glad the way they used him because I think they needed a character like a different character to come in midway through the movie to really break it up. Um, yeah. And he felt he felt like once again I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons player, but he felt like an NPC in a video game the way that it relates to a character that's like a player that's trying to have fun that he's not getting any of the jokes that he's like being very overly serious and lore based i thought that was a really fun utilization of a you know serious british actor yes um it reminded me a lot of spock actually I yeah. pro- because chris pine is in a very like kirk mode in this mm-hmm. it was cool to see him play against another very like boring mm-hmm. in a fun way kind of guy yeah. Um, I don't love him. I mean, in, I, I have seen Bridgerton. I did not particularly like his character besides mm. him being hot. So yeah. I am fascinated that he's had. Okay, good. So I'm, ha- I'm Yeah, I'm happy for him too. I because I, I, I assumed that there was something Bridgerton that was electric besides just him being hot. Um, yeah. You know, it, that's fine. It, it, that, it honestly is more than enough in a lot of times. But um. My favorite line of the whole movie probably was when uh, Roger Jean Page says, um, just because you have abandoned your oath doesn't mean your oath has abandoned you. And Chris Pine says, just because the sentence is symmetrical doesn't mean it makes sense. Yes! <laughs> See, that's a good meta joke. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I think that the way that, because like I said, so many of the jokes are from his character. That yeah. He, and that is what is established very early on that he is that guy. And that Chris Pine is so natural doing it. It doesn't feel yeah. like they're asking the fifth lead in a big Marvel movie to do these jokes. It's Chris Pine. Like, this is what he lives for. This is his element. Yeah. Um, really and let's talk a little bit about that. Chris I Pine. would love to. Chris uh, Pine, the a, movie star. A movie star that people are always shocked is very funny for some mm-hmm. reason. I think it's because he's super hot and we assume that people yeah. who are super hot aren't funny. Um, and that's fair, but... but... yeah. It's not, it's generally not, yeah, it's not a wrong assumption to make, but he is so funny, and I think so misused in almost, I would say almost half of the roles he's ever played, he's probably not cast correctly. Yeah, easily. Like, he's a good Kirk, and I think he ends up doing it, but I almost feel like, I almost don't even like him as the guy who's the leader of something. Like, I, I almost like him more when he's in, like, a, either a side thing, or in this where he's the leader, but, like, not actually respected, you know? Right. Well, I think the best moments of the the Kelvinverse, as it is called, are when he is like a little bit lower status and a little I bit agree. like undermined. And that's that's yeah. you know, it's a it's a prequel, so it works. Yeah. Um, Big air quotes around prequel. Exactly. But. Um I yeah, I just think that he is so effortlessly charming and I'm glad to see I really hope that this does a lot for to get him back in the spotlight because it really felt like when there's yeah. the Chris's debate, I felt like that was right when the Star Trek tr- trilogy was ending and he didn't really have any juice. And it's like, okay, he's good in Wonder Woman. I mean, he's really good in Wonder Woman. He's good and in like, Wonder Woman. He's funny in Wonder Woman. He's low status in Wonder Woman. It just didn't feel like he had the, the same juice that the other Chris's did. And it's like, yeah. I know that he's more talented than at least two of them. So, yep. Um, but yeah, what, what are some of your favorite, just talk about Chris Pine, your favorite Chris Pine roles and what you felt like he brought to this. Um, um, let's see, let me pull up the old, the old internet movie database. Yeah. I mean, uh, genuinely the 2009 Star Trek is one of my favorites. Oh, he's great. Yeah. It's endlessly rewatchable into darkness, mm-hmm. broke my freaking heart, hated it so much. I think I can fix it. Um, that's fine i think i can fix the dark universe good. so yeah exactly mm-hmm. and hey uh you got the um renfield coming out maybe we can fix it oh i don't I, i'll say this on our patreon i did once get a mailbag question where it was asked how i because i've said this before i was asked how to fix the dark universe and i did it so um Great. anyway Huge. Uh, <laughs> but yeah other uh, than star trek 
let's see. What is, I mean, Hell or High Water, great film. Mm-hmm. But that's not him and his vibe. Yeah. Can I say what one of my favorites is? Probably the first time I really ever noticed him was in Unstoppable, which I think is an incredible movie that you people know don't take seriously. Yeah. The thing about Unstoppable is, it I, is such I, a dumb premise. It's such a dumb premise. But, but the classic. thing that really, the thing that clicked in my head is when Quentin Tarantino was talking, because he picked it as one of his 10 favorite movies of the 2010s, which is why, as annoying as he can be, he's, he, I like him, because like, that's a great thing to do. But what yeah. he said about it is that it is a monster movie, but the monster is a train. And that is, and then, and so Denzel and Chris Pine play the guys who are like the, the world weary guy who's been with this forever, and then the young upstart. And I think that they have a lot of great banter. It's a lot of, he's low status in that, like, he's, you know, the young guy. But he's also high status in that he thinks Denzel's washed. So it's like a perfect, <laughs> um, but I think what, you, what you're looking at as IMDb really highlights is that it really, like I said, it feels like he just hasn't gotten the opportunities um, that he should have. Into the Woods is one of my, my favorite performances, but I don't like that movie um adaptation of one of my favorite musicals but he i've actually never highlight. seen it because i didn't i heard it wasn't good and so i didn't see it <laughs> yeah well he's good the I'm individual, sure, I'm the individual performances in that movie are pretty good ac- uh, like 80 percent across the board um mm. but the i'm way assuming the that the 20 percent is, is james gordon no actually that's what, oh. that's probably james gordon's oh. better musical role that's it guys you heard here first um I, yeah, I yeah I also do not I'm a rare person that does not hate James Gordon. So. I I don't I don't hate his persona as much as other people do. Yeah. Mostly because it's like have you ever seen any talk shows like people are fake. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it doesn't, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't and, really bother me that much. But I think of his th- three I want to say three musical performances the prom cats and into the woods into the woods is easily the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's I, not. He's he's appropriate for the role. Mm. Uh, but besides Chris Pine, we also have Michelle Rodriguez, who I always like to see. Um, he who is just you know one of those actresses that I feel like is she's just so much great work, and I think she's one of those actresses where I love that she does all this action stuff because she's so good at it. But mm-hmm. gun to my head, I also think that she has like an Oscar performance in her if she wanted to give it. Like I think yeah. she's actually that talented. She like she is way more talented than a lot of her peers in the action star space, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, but, yeah, someone someone take her seriously. I'm sure someone does. I mean I'm sure I, will. she's great in widows, which I think is probably her most serious role I've uh, seen her of late. I mean, yeah, who isn't who isn't great in widows though? Who isn't great in widows? Everyone's good in widows. Oh my god, just Anyway, that was just us taking a moment for Widows. But we I thought to, that... We have to do it. But yeah, I she's loved her in character. Movie, her, their relationship is so mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically, the, yeah, like, I really like that it was so clearly not romantic, but, like, yeah. not... It, but it felt as close as anything like that would, you know? Yes, and neither of their characters are... Like, they have their own... They pursue their own romantic interests. Exactly. Or they have yeah. their own pasts. Because I thought that there was going to be, like, a cheesy thing where, like, a really 2008 joke where it was, like, you guys aren't together? And then he's, like, no, and then says something to imply that she's, like, gay. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like that, that would, right. And I think that that Which, would be, like, would be fine, but it's also, I think, would be annoying if that's what they did as in that way, you know? Is, is also what I thought was going to happen with Little Elf Girl. Mm. And, yeah. and Justice Smith. Yeah. So did I. I actually did think that. But I didn't think it was... I thought that was going to be a little more evolved. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I think that it... I think we're at a place where it would almost be too easy for the super tough, you know, barbarian woman. I think that it would have been... I would have been rolled my eyes if they did well, that. Well, so. I mean, do you want to talk about yes, it Yes, I now? do. Okay. Yes. That's what... The main reason I said we're talking spoilers because we could talk about one of the craziest cameos I've ever seen in a movie. It's nutty and I... Maybe I love it, and maybe I hate it, and maybe both. Yeah. So. I, the thing for me is, I'm someone who, a movie really needs to be like Citizen Kane for me to mind if there's a cameo. Like, oh, I just, okay. it doesn't bother me. Like, it really, if you're not a, that serious of a movie, it's like, I don't give a shit. Um, yeah. But anyway, they introduce you to uh, Holga, Michelle Rodriguez's ex, 
and he is a halfling, I believe is the term, where it's basically like a mm-hmm. mini person, uh, played by a nine-time Academy Award nominee, Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah. Yes. What, what, what were your thoughts? Because I feel like anytime there's a big cameo in a movie like this, there's always the moment where you're like, am I seeing this right? Yeah, it's like, oh, hello, friend. Oh, he's here. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it being a surprise cameo. I was mm-hmm. very, in, like, conflicted on their dynamic. I think I ended yeah. up positive. So he he is um, a homemaker. He mm-hmm. has, has a new girlfriend now who's similarly mm-hmm. tall and gruff like Michelle mm-hmm. Rodriguez. He knits, he cooks, he just wants mm-hmm. to provide. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also short. He's also the halfling. Yeah. So I I don't know whether or not I liked both of those things. If it was yeah. like a little too much, because yeah. now now that they're now they're opposites in two different ways. Yes. Yeah, and I, I would have I, preferred one or the other. But ultimately, yeah. he was very sweet. I think the re- I think the thing that makes it not make it feel annoying because i understand what you're saying where it could be like the classic joke where someone just is with someone so opposite and it's almost like making fun of that yeah i think that He's besides very feminine she's very masculine yes besides the fact that we see that justice smith and sophia lewis's characters who i don't remember their names are surprised by it besides that they really don't they don't make fun of it in the movie as much. No. And I think that he is actually treated with a lot of more dignity than you'd expect. And I think that almost, you actually almost, I feel coming out of that scene that he was the one who, he's the grief party. Like, I feel bad for him that yeah. she, you know, was, because the whole thing is that she left her clan because she, to be with him. But then mm-hmm. she was never around and wasn't, you know, willing to give time to the relationship. And like, I, I feel like in a way, while he is small, and that's like, and also more feminine in some ways. He, I don't even say he's more feminine. He's just like more of a homemaker. Stereo, like yeah, stereotypical. Yeah, he's not not because he's, he's not played femininely. He's played with the sensitivity no. that she doesn't have. And exactly. I think that honestly, having an I think Bradley Cooper actually plays it with pathos. And so yeah, like he I think really it actually. Does. I think that it's. Beautiful. I think that they are smart enough to know that they don't need to make the joke that you're thinking in your head, and that they don't need to make fun of him. That they need they can treat this. That it's actually funniest if they treat this like an incredibly sincere conversation between the two exes, and then when they cut in the close shot and you see them shake hands, and the one hand's really small, that's funny because it was played so seriously. So I right. I, I think that there is. It's not perfect, and I think there is the danger of what you're talking about. But yes, I think sir. specifically because he's not coded as feminine, he's coded as like a homemaker, right. and because there's they're not teasing her afterwards. There's no like, oh, you're like a little chaser or some dumb term that they'd make up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like I've, I've watched I... too many 2000 studio comedies where I'm willing to forgive stuff like that. Yeah, and isn't it nice that this movie is in so many ways a return to studio comedies, but avoiding yeah. all of the stuff that we needed to leave behind? Yes, yeah. we can have it all. Um. Yes, it's <laughs> man. I. I still sometimes will watch a, there'll be a studio comedy that came out in like 2006 that I was too young to see. I'm like, let me try this. And every single time it's like, even if it's not offensive, it's just like, my, and I think you probably agree with this, that like, I understand people hate that superheroes took over the box office, but look at a random box office from 2009 and tell me that any of that shit was worth saving. Right. <laughs> like, what, what were we doing? Anyway, um, but I, I, then there's also Justice Smith. Uh, who's part of the team, who plays a bad sorcerer, um, which I think is a fun... I would say he almost has the most complete arc in the movie in terms of, like... A, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that he's kind of one note to start with, just that he's bad and unconfident. Um, and I... I did think that Justice Smith was English, and he's doing an English accent in it, and I don't think it works that well, but I also don't care that much. Yeah. It's... It's fine. I don't know why he had to do it, considering no. not everybody is... It's sort of a BYO situation. A BYOA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always a fan of a BYOA. I think that honestly everything should be. Um, yeah. Unless it's, you know... It's always dumb when it's like, this takes place in Roman times. And it's like, you know what they didn't speak with was English accents, so why does everyone have to they do it? They definitely one? didn't. They definitely didn't. Uh, <laughs> but, 
or you could do what uh, um, Oliver Stone did with Alexander and is like, Colin Farrell's going to speak with his naturalized. And so that means that the language of uh, Alexander's empire was uh, Irish. But anyway. Or uh, Wonder Woman to a degree. Yes. That honestly, that works for me though, because no one sounds like Gal Gadot. Exactly. <laughs> like, like it, that is like, it's so specific. Um, but no, that I think that he is fun. I honestly almost wish that they didn't have any of the romantic subplot with him and Sophia Lillis. Cause I just don't, yeah, don't that was the, that any was chemistry. the most potentially regressive thing. And I thought for sure that she was going to do like a nicer, more 2020 eras mm. yeah. version of, oh, no, I'm I'm yeah. into this princess that I just re- I rescued at the beginning, obviously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We knew this, right? And then everyone would go, oh, buddy. Because like, like I said, it, once again, I, I'm someone who... I very much also subscribe to, and I think you as well, the David Sim school of if people are have good chemistry and are hot, they should kiss, right? Like, that's just 100%. a thing. I'm not, I think that this whole, like, why can't men and women be friends in movies? They can be, but if they have good chemistry, they shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, at the end, was like, I don't want them to get together. They don't really have interesting romantic chemistry, which is fine. Um, I almost feel like that's something where I, especially because it comes to the end of the movie, and I know obviously they don't shoot movies in order. I almost wish I could say to them, like, hey, because it's only really one line that it gets back to being romantic, I would just take that out. Like, I actually think it's not necessary at all. Um, But yeah, I thought that his arc with the helmet was kind of fun, where Mm -hmm. he's trying to get over himself. Um, I don't know. It was... I'll say this. The bits of him doing magic poorly were very funny and were the best, like... I think it's really hard to do CGI gags, and I think that this movie actually is really good at them, of finding ways to use CGI to be humorous and not just, um, you know, action stuff. Yep. Uh, Any, um, okay. Then we have the final member of the team, Sophia Lillis, who, um, I I try to think of a joke, I was trying to think of a joke to tweet about, like, she saw people not like Sadie Sink in The Whale and was like, this is my chance to reclaim the crown. (laughs) But honestly, I didn't tweet it because I didn't want people to be like, there's space for more than one. You don't be regressive. But, you know, um, I <laughs> think that she is really good. Uh, and I remember when I, I watched the eight movies for the first time last year, and I was like, where has she been since then? And she basically didn't act until she turned 18 again, which is healthy. Um, yeah. After like two things. And I think that she is fun in this movie. I think she also plays. She has a kind of shy quality that I associate with fantasy, like, half-breed mm. people. Like, it just, it, yeah. she reads as someone who can turn into animals, if that makes sense. An aloofness. Yeah. Yes. I did not see the It movies, but I know her from uh, Sharp Objects. An underrated, right, she was a Sharp an, Object. An underrated yeah. um, HBO miniseries. I did not see that. Now, I'm curious, why did you not see the It movies? I'm just curious. I don't like to be scared. Okay, because I was going to say, I have a truly, we would avoid a restaurant because they had a clown at certain nights, clowns, afraid of clowns kid, and yeah. I got over it. So FYI, just I'm saying to everyone, everyone who made fun of me for being afraid of clowns, I got over it enough to watch it. Um, mostly because he actually doesn't look that much like a clown, I think is actually the reason why I'm fine. But Bill Skarsgård's uh, lovely, we love him. Speaking of John Wick 4, <sighs> his French accent, terrible. He is great. It's just, you know, one of those performances mm. where you're just like, yep. Hmm. Rachel it didn't doesn't tell matter. me. Rachel did not tell me about this. We did she tell this. you that Clancy Brown wears a hat in it? No, oh, I love that. No. <sighs> I mean it when I say this. If we made everything all at once, Oscar, every, everything everywhere all at once, Oscars happen. Donnie Yen needs to get a Best Supporting Actor nomination. I'm fully. Serious. I've been. I've been hearing this. I've I'm fully serious. If yeah. an action movie is ever going to get one, he is. Uh, he's everything. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think that the. The visual effects of her turning into stuff is, like, pretty standard. Like, I feel like the VFX in this movie are good enough for what yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah it's, yeah. it's it's silly enough that you're not overly scrutinizing it, I think. Yes. The sequence where she Though is... I'm sure someone is. Of course, yes. Um, the sequence where she is, like, escaping the witches... Like, the wizard... They actually just call it the Red Wizard, which, you know, 2023, am I right now? Uh <laughs> Uh, they, well, she's escaping her and changing into all the different animals. I think that that is like, that is why CGI can be good because that is just a sequence that you couldn't do otherwise. And it is like, that's what I mean when I talk about like not just comedy. That the way that they use the CGI to not just be spectacle, to yeah. almost to, that like, 
I'm glad that the technology exists to make that sequence happen, where it's like, it is a thing you would imagine as a kid, where it's like, you're going to turn into an ant, and then into a hawk, and then to a bird, you know what I mean? Like, it just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, go. Did you wonder about the wizard, the witch herself? I, yes, the witch herself, who was an actress I wasn't familiar with. Um, what is it? Uh, something Daisy, Head. Daisy, Daisy Head? Daisy Head. Do you, know, do you know who her father is? Is it Anthony Head? Uh-huh. Um, who I know is a person from uh, Buffy, um, right? Isn't that what he's famous from? Yeah. Other things too. Yeah, I most, I know him because I'm adjacent enough to people who like Buffy to know that when he like appeared in a Doctor Who episode, people were like, oh shit, that's the guy from Buffy. Ted Lasso. Um, Yes. Um, That makes sense. I don't know why I didn't put that together. It's not like Head is a common name. Um. (laughs) Yeah, well, he is probably because he uses his middle name. So then you think... Your brain thinks his last name is Stewart. I actually didn't know that, but Anthony I didn't know that he was his middle name. Stewart Head? Well, yeah, he's Anthony Stewart Head, and she just does Daisy Head. She's uh, also in um, Shadow and Bone. Yes. Series. Is, yes. Playing a, playing a magical but very nice character. Mm. Mean. She's a good mm. witch, not a bad witch. Yeah. I would, I'm very, I'm, I think that her performance actually is like surprisingly great. Uh, yeah. for what it is and I think it's really brave for an actress with a name Head to be bald in a movie because that's just the jokes are easy mm, very true very true uh, but yeah, what was your opinion because I feel like this is the thing that this movie oh, you almost would forgive it if the villain was an afterthought you know what I mean because it's so funny right. otherwise but I feel like they actually kind of it was actually oh. an interesting thing multifaceted yeah because you've got two villains you've got Hugh Grant and I'm saving him for last because I have thoughts <laughs> okay great so she's just, it's it's nice to see villains, as much as I love an, uh, a sympathetic Marvel villain, it is mm-hmm. nice to sometimes have people that are like, no, I'm just evil. Yeah. I'm just an evil witch, and I mm-hmm. don't care, and I want to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. Yes. I think that people make the mistake of thinking that villains having their own internal reasons for doing evil things means that they should be sympathetic because the thing is the actual villains in the real world are not sympathetic that doesn't mean that like i mean just because donald trump's dad didn't love him doesn't mean that he's sympathetic (laughs) and it's true that he didn't like that is his motivating principle but um and so i think that like this person like the idea that she is from you know this group that because the evil magic basically was kept like what is like kept to one realm honestly the lore is kind of It's not important, which is great. Um, I'm interested, but, but I didn't memorize it. Yes. I, my favorite type of lore is lore that is not important, but interesting. It's why me and friend of the show, Michael Springthorpe, will just sometimes bullshit about Star Wars prequel stuff. Because it's not important, but it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get in on the lore at some point. But that they were banished to a certain place because they're evil. And they are evil. Like, that is that wasn't a mistake. And so you, she has a motivation. She's not just recklessly evil. She wants to take over this realm too but that doesn't mean that she has to have like a super sympathetic backstory of what she's doing um and just like the little i i I think the thing that was really impressive about it was that even in scenes that she's in where there is the game night level humor she is completely as solid as a rock and is like no i'm not gonna yeah there's no jokes with me and i think that to play that i think is like it's what makes the movie work beyond just being like a curio of like this movie is somewhat, somewhat funny. And the first time that they defeat her, because mm-hmm. they're they sort of there's two halves mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, it's not about killing her. It's haha, we screwed up your plan, so yeah. you don't get to do the thing you were trying to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, that's uh, nice. That's it different. is nice, and that involves Hugh Grant, who's in this movie. Who, when I saw. When I saw the movie, there was one of those, hi, we're the cast of Dungeons & Dragons, Honest Bone Thieves, and you're the real hero seeing this oh movie in theaters. I now, I'll say this. How many movies... stand those videos. How many... The box office is back, baby. It's back. We don't need to do this anymore. People go to movies. I don't John like Wick feeling... is making fucking a million dollars. God. The cast is nice. I... Er... The cast is not as bad as when the directors do it. Which was a thing yes. a couple years ago. And I will I say the I exception. I don't like feeling shamed into liking a movie. Fair. The exception for me was when George Miller did it because he was wearing the small glasses, and I always like to see that. That was nice. Um, that was nice. You know, like 
I completely agree. It's almost always cringy, but when it's just him sitting, it's like, I'm George Miller, and he's got the tiny glasses on, it's good. Um, but yeah, he did, what I was going to say is, he felt like he was at gunpoint doing that, but he did not yeah. feel like he was at gunpoint in this movie. <laughs> nope. There's a, there's been a couple of press toury things where he usually just pivots to talking about S&M, so that's nice. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he's making it his own. Uh, yeah, he's having a blast this movie. Evil Hugh Grant era. It's nice. I recently watched, because I don't know why, I watched the basically not released uh, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre movie, the yeah. Guy Ritchie movie. And he is so fucking funny in it. It's not a good movie, really. The thing no, that I'm good about not. it is he's really funny. But the thing I like about it is, in it, I, it's one of those things where I said to my friend that it is both very funny, but also breaks the movie, that it is Aubrey Plaza doing Aubrey Plaza in a Hugh Grant, I mean, in a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, yeah. But I don't know what I, he was thinking, but no. I'm happy that she was got paid. Um, yes, you know, yes. I'm always it, happy people get paid. Always, but I'm so here for this Hugh Grant, just talking a mile a minute, just basically using his babble that made him so charming. Um, also, that's the thing. I've seen people around my age try to do revisionist history of like why was Hugh Grant a huge movie star, and I think they also die. He is. I, it's so obvious. He's so yeah. charming. It's so obvious. Um, yeah, it's not that difficult. I people, I never want to be like the oh, big superhero movies ruined everything. But it's like you know, leading men used to not need to have a six pack. Thank you very much. They could yeah. be, you know. Yes, but anyway, that's very true. His some of his lines in this movie had me fucking howling because he is he really like I said he's weaponizing the thing that made him so charming. But I think when it's in a different context, especially given Hugh Grant's public persona now, it plays as sleazy, which is funny. Yeah, well, that's like, that was a twist for him, I think, even mm. in his early career, because he did start mm. out being like, I'm awkward. And then you get to like Bridget Jones, and he's like, I'm awkward, but also a little bit sleazy, yes. and a little sleazy, and a little bit shady. Yes. And like, I think that obviously Love Actually is like four-eighths a war crime. Yeah. Um, but I'm someone who, like, perhaps I should actually care about the actual pirate dynamics of the power, prime minister and, like, a secretary having a romance. And but it's, it's also, one like, of a... the better ones. It's one of the better ones. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. You know why it's good? Because he is just, like, a Herculean task of being, like, I'm gonna yeah. turn my way through this. Um, yeah. Well, okay, quick question before... What do you think is the biggest war crime of all of them? Oh, boy. Okay. Um... Maybe Colin Firth. See, I that I've come fully back around to it being uh, Keira Knightley and Andrew or, Lincoln. Yo, yeah. What am I thinking? Because because I feel like the that's the one. obvious one. And then I went to like the Laura Linney one. I think is just so doesn't shouldn't be in the movie because it's so fucking sad and bad. Ugh, it's so upsetting. And then the Colin I Firth that, one. I watched that like the Titanic. Like maybe this time yeah. she won't leave. Maybe and, this but, time she'll just stay yeah. with um, uh, with Xerxes. How low um, lost. Uh, I love how we both did the same joke. <laughs> um, but I think the, the the Colin Firth one that was my like sleeper pick. But then you watch the, the yeah. it just the that movie is just so reprehensible, and also not. And I mean that's that is what Richard Curtis is. I think he's like equally parts reprehensible and incredibly good at what he does. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. But yeah, Hugh Grant is just fucking putting up an Allen Iverson type game just throwing up as many shots as possible. Um, and the bit with his face on the blimp is just like that. That's worth the price of admission alone. I, I don't know. Just the image, that image is like that. The thing that was so stark about this movie is it felt like a, what the difference between it and a lot of the Marvel movies or bigger superhero movies that fail is this movie felt like it was made by comedy people from step one, as opposed to being made by genre people with comedy people adding jokes in on set. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the thought I had is this is the tone of this movie is what I wish Solo a Star Wars story was. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what I almost imagine it would have been with Lord and Miller. Although I will just I, I'm always I the thing I always say is that I people assume that that movie was going to be good, and I don't I don't know I, I I think that that's a bit generous to assume that they were making a masterpiece and then they got fired. I think I always hate that revisionist history. Same thing with Edgar Wright's oh. Ant Man. Like, I hate when people, when someone gets fired off a project. Ant Man and Ant Man ended up delightful. Being good. Yes. So. I'm also, 
not as pro Edgar Wright as most people who are as nerdy as I am. But I'm that's not, a I'm not. Thing. I'm not either. Yeah, same. Um, um, but even that, I think there's just a general tendency whenever someone gets fired to be like, they were going to make a master. No, we don't. It's going to be incredible. No, you don't yeah. know. You can't know. Yeah. Um, although the fact that the original villain Solo was Michael K. Williams is like a lion alien. It might have been a masterpiece. Well, <laughs> see, I mean, I mean, what's the only the only instance I can think of where that actually happened was the Snyder Cut. So there, yeah. look yes. how that turned out. I mean, the Snyder Cut Great, is you're a certain type of person. I mean, this, the 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 biggest problem with the Snyder Cut is that the Snyder Cut is objectively much better than the original Justice League. <laughs> better, it is. I think it's a functional that movie. Much time? No, of course not. I watched it exactly once, and I. Uh, I, I, I was giddying up, which is what I call it when I'm five Moscow mules deep. Okay, um, cool. And I think that's the way to watch it. Um, but no, I I guess when I'm, the big thing I came out of this, and not in a like a, I'm doing this for a pithy tweet type of way. Like, I really just want to see Dungeons and Dragons colon something else. I just want to see this gang go on more adventures. Yeah, good group, because good chemistry. It should be hornier the next time. Oh, um, I mean, when, when can't you give that note? It let's go. Like they're ready. Yeah. Um the joke about Chris Pine's lips was very funny. Um, you know, uh I don't necessarily agree, but like just I, I just think that there is a that there is a potential for this to be a a f- like a fantasy, a fun fantasy thing, which I feel like we don't really get a lot of. I feel like so much fantasy, more so than even sci-fi, fantasy is oftentimes taken deadly seriously because it's usually based on a book made by a guy who was racist. Yes, exactly. Um, or it's Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, yes. And then, and then it has to be the most shocking. Mm-hmm. We're not yes. your regular Cinderella. We're your bad Cinderella type of deal. I mean, I can understand, though, because as a fellow Jets fan, I can understand why George R. R. Martin has such a bad view of humanity. Um, <laughs> it makes sense to me. But, yeah, I think there's just a lot to like about this. Um, and I was recommending it to my brothers, who are both big Game Night fans, but they said, I thought the movie was going to suck. And I, I want good things for Chris Pine. I want good things for... I, I want... I don't want the response to the quote-unquote the end of your movies, which people are saying is going to happen now, which... Call me when Guardians Three bombs. That's yeah. My... I really yeah. Exactly. Um, it it but... hangs on that, and it hangs on the Flash. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, but even then, I feel like my my opinion always was with this was that I think the MCU will live on a lot longer than any of the other ones, just because it's you know it's the juggernaut. But anyway, it it um, can take it can take a tumble. I think it'll be like it'll be fine. It's okay. They can yes. go back to two movies a year instead of three. Oh. They can go back to one movie a year. That's ridiculous. You, you, that's blasphemy. <gasps> what will we talk about on the show? Um, no. Uh, but I think the what thing... if season twenty three? Man, I'm not. I'm not looking forward. I mean, Anthony's lucky that I like. I just like talking to him because that's why we did. That's why we did the first season of What If. Um, but. The thing I hope this does, I hope it demonstrates to people that the problem with the reason why some people don't respond to the MC movies is not because they're funny and like have quips and stuff like that. That like, I don't want there to be the backlash of like, let's take everything deadly seriously again, because there are some things you should take deadly seriously. And most of them don't include dragons. Um, I just don't, I'm not that interested in taking things seriously with dragons. And if you, you better be Game of Thrones, if you're going to do that, (laughs) like, um, or the Lord of the Rings, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I, this movie was just a really d- delightful film, and I'm glad that it exists. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, frankly, this year so far has been, outside of Ant Man, has really been nothing but uh, movies that surprised me with what, how good they were. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I'm um, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, pro pro socialist message at the end. They redistributed the wealth. We mm-hmm. love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What else did I have to say? Oh, I liked that little girl. Right, and I, and I liked that she they they made they were careful to not make her be a traditional damsel in distress, but not yeah. in the way that so many other movies do it. They mm-hmm. didn't make they didn't make her like a little scientist mm-hmm. or or like an I can fight my own thing. That was just like no. Hugh Grant yeah. isn't going to let anything bad happen to her. 
you don't have to worry about that. Yes. I think he's, the thing he's about- He's lying to her and that's yeah. shitty. But mm-hmm. she's not in danger. It's fine. She's not in danger. And the thing too is that like, I like that because with the stakes of what's been set up, there are dragons and magic and things like that. And like, she is a young girl. And I think it would be kind of cheesy if they, in order to prevent her from being a damsel, if they're like, and she's suddenly really good at this thing. It's like, no, yeah. we don't need that. No, she, it's the, fine. Children do actually exist and they are helpless in a lot of ways. And that's okay. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, and, and, and she's, does like a creative one or two mm-hmm. things and yeah. that one fight and they established early on that she used to go on some little heisty missions with them so it's mm. that's all you need exactly and i thought that the end bit where they decide to use the resurrection stone on mm. holga instead of uh chris Pine's character's wife which i'm glad they did i mean i didn't think they were gonna end up using it on the wife just because that was she's not a character really yeah and i think and i also think that obviously part of the movie's message uh, is the idea that, and it's the message of everything, and I think it's not something I get tired of, because it is one of those things that just is true, that the people you surround you with are your real family, yeah. and that, um, that, like, it felt very earned of, when Holga died, it was obvious that that was what was going to happen, but not in a, uh, duh, in a, yeah. this makes sense. This, oh, this, this is, is good. yeah. Oh, I would prefer this. Oh, yeah. You yeah. don't need to be a dead wife guy anymore, Chris Pine. Yes. Let John Wick do that. And even dead, he doesn't really do it that much anymore. No. A dead wife guy is actually somehow worse than a wife guy. Now that I figured yeah. out it. I mean, yeah. Oh, man. God. For a lot of reasons. Anyway, what was I going to say? That, um, I don't have, I, I thought it, normally this type of thing really is too cheesy. But even the fact that they showed, like, the montage of Holga being the mother figure for his daughter, I thought was also effective. Because it's about... Yes. Because it's about him centering his daughter in a way that will be good for her. Bringing this stranger that she doesn't know. This yeah. that's not for his or daughter. Like, that's for him. This is like this is his actual, her actual mom. Exactly. And you I know? thought I think that stuff like that. I like stuff like that because it, I think in a lot of ways, when you are an artsy person who lives in uh, New York or LA, anything that like it's challenging the uh, traditional family structure seems so obvious, but like it actually just isn't. And isn't and so I like the idea that like it actually is more important for her to have the person that matters to her than it is to have her literal mother. Like that yeah. is actually, and I think that that is a nice message. Uh, Jesus Christ, I want to kill myself. No, um, <laughs> that is his worst. Uh, no, but yeah. Anyway, and, any, and yeah. that like he he should just now. Well, I'm just repeating what I said before: is that he he should just let her go and let this go. and bringing this person back isn't going yeah. to heal him when he and i him. hope i hope that he has if they make a second one i hope he has a love interest of some kind because i yeah. hope he gets to move on because i think it's important um for you know i love a second I, love story i it's believe one someone of, wants one of did. the reasons i go so hard for agent carter and really hate the ending of avengers endgame mm. But so yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that a specific songstress once asked us, "Do we believe in life after love?" And mm. I, yeah, um, you should. And I can feel something inside that tells me that Chris Pine's character is strong enough. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think it's, I think it's a nice movie. There's a fat dragon in it, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's silly. I yeah, like I said, I think the movie is silly throughout, which is why the jokes don't bother me. Like it sometimes does in other movies, because at no point are you really that far into seriousness, you know? Yeah. And if you like game of Thrones, they use so many of the same locations in Belfast. I recognized so many cliff sides. Even Mm. the opening is looks very similar to the opening Mm. of the pilot. I think it must've been an homage. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's, it's got good fantasy bones. Oh, good. Speaking of good fantasy bones, the scene in the graveyard's great, but well, that's, we can, I mean, just funny stuff. Just yeah. some good jokes. Good humor. Good you know, it's humor. like an ice cream bar. Uh, anyway, I want to thank Liam Marilla Thomas for coming on to talk to me about this ice cream bar of a thank movie. Thank you. And making, and making you watch it, apparently. We didn't make me, I was going to see it, but when I saw this early screening, I'm like, oh, we can record early because, you know. I didn't want to. I hate. I hate releasing a thing about a movie on a Tuesday that came out on a Friday. Um, and so yeah. Right. And I can't wait to see it with a big old crowd of people yeah. laughing. Ha 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 ha. That's what laughing sounds like. Yep. But where can people find you on the internet? 
You can find me um, on Twitter, Leah Marilla, on Letterboxd, Leah Marilla. Those are my two favorites. Um, I'm out and about other other places. You know, I'm mm. writing for Cosmo, uh, the Mary Sue. I've got some stuff at Vulture and Slate and Polygon and all kinds of fun places. I'm probably launching a sub stack soon, so oh. that'll be fun. Stay tuned. Getting into that newsletter life. Yes. I made a sub stack. And all I came up with was that it's called Jake Christie Makes Listies, and right. I haven't got anything else. Right. Um, but I think that that's half the battle, honestly. Um, yeah. It's taken me to be 26 years old to think of a pun with my name, and that, like a fun name for me. So. And that's a, that's an easy concept in theory. Yes. I mean, I was a list kid, surprising no one. Did you um, have BJ Novak's app, the list app? I, I have at JC on that app. Thank you very much. I was right. that early of an adopter. Great. Yes. Uh, really mad that that app didn't take off because I was going to sell that for a lot of money. But um, anyway, really had a lot of promise, but then I realized that no one is deranged like me and you apparently. Um, yep. so Just like you can... us and Adam Pally and yeah. PJ Novak, all good yep. lists. Yeah, that that was really a blast. I'm completely I forgot about that <laughs> app. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie. You can actually follow me on Letterboxd too at J Christie. Um, I don't really post reviews almost ever or rate things. I but I do post everything I watch, and you can see such deranged things as when I got home from Dungeons and Dragons. I for some reason watched all of the Riddick movies, even though I didn't really like any of them. Um, I don't know why I kept watching them, but <laughs> uh, so you can see stuff like that um, on there, and you can also listen to my other podcast, Love at First Psych, where me and Andre Barrera talk about the show Psych. I'm a huge fan of it. He is watching it for the first time. It's a classic conceit, guys. Why, if that if it ain't broke, don't break it. You know, um, but yeah. And please sign up for a Patreon if you are a fan. patreoncom pod. Three dollars a month gets you the Discord and a bunch of bonus episodes, including our bracket first take episodes, which we've been doing with the MCU villains bracket, where we argue about it and then spend twenty minutes talking about what celebrities' real names are on the last episode. Anyway, uh, you can find all that there, and uh, more importantly than that. Tune in next week, or maybe the week after, when there's no MC releases, who knows? Tune in next time the show is up, and listen to us talk about whatever we're talking about. Have a good night.